0: Revely, revely, dogs! Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. March is almost over, which means April 1st is around the corner, which means the worst day in online comedy is is close. I don't know what that has to do with today, but I just felt like bringing it up. Hi, everyone. It's Morning Combat, your award-winning podcast that puts out excellent Gilbert Burns interviews. I am merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm in the capital of Estados Unidos here in Washington, D.C., joined by the Viceroy of Connecticut himself. It's Brian Campbell. Brian, people seem to like the Gilbert Burns interview.
1: You know, I think, Luke, they seem to love it, okay? And while I would like to take Credit alongside you as well as our great staff at CBS Sports and Showtime and Malkov for putting that together. It takes uh two, or in this case, three to tango. And shout out to Gilbert Burns who, what are we, a little bit more than a week away from UFC 273 when he takes on Hamzat Chimaev. What a what a introspective, humble, uh candid, you know, like you don't you don't get fighters opening up like this. It's rare, and and I was very happy to take part. So youtube.com slash morning combat. Please check that out.
0: Indeed, um, glad to see people liked it. We, we hope you ha- if you haven't checked it out. I don't know what you're waiting on. And you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you were hyping it up. You were hyping it up." And if you look in the comments, they all say that that the interview delivered. I was not telling lies about it. It really is that good. And, it, and, and again, to your point, credit to Burns, man. Like we can ask all the questions, and we can have you know, we can try to put them in the you know the the, the mind frame to to do that stuff. But they have to do it themselves in the end of the day, and he did, and in the most uh, incredible of ways. So we really appreciate Gilbert's time and. Can't wait to see that fight. Uh, As it relates to today, we'll talk about some news and some notes, a little bit of MMA, a little bit of boxing, and then we're going to have a little fun. What are we doing at the end of the show? I know that you have crafted something. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, well, in addition to fan submissions, which is always a big hit on Wednesday hump day, today, Luke, for the first time, you sit in the chair and play a little segment that we've only done twice before, both times without you, called Truth or Trivia.
0: Okay. So i have to tell you the truth about something? Or I have to do a trivia question? Is that the well? Idea? You
1: know, the title might be a little misleading. It's more like you have five trivia questions coming your way. Everyone you get wrong, and they're they're gettable questions. But everyone you get wrong, you have to answer a very personal question that I'm sure you don't want to answer. Luke. Okay? <laughs> okay, so it's, it's got the spirit of ha- of uh, of Wheel <laughs> of Death, but you do have a chance to work your way out of it. If you know okay. What
0: I mean. All right. All right. We'll see what we can do. So we'll play that here as well today. So thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Welcome to all the new subscribers that are here. There's a few hundred of you. We're glad to have you here. So thank you for joining us. We do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East. Now, BC, which should be noted, though, usually the Wednesdays and Friday shows are a little bit more crowded. There's nothing on the calendar this weekend other than regional box. Is there anything more than regional boxing? Because it's only regional MMA.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a it's it's an off week, so to speak. There's a two night WrestleMania this weekend that I know you don't care about, Luke. And there's also, of course, the NCAA tournament, men's and women. So I, I, you know, everybody sort of conspired together to take the weekend off, Luke. And when you look at how obscenely loaded the month of April is in combat sports, MMA and boxing, it's a nice little you know calm before the storm that's coming. Okay.
0: All right. Fair enough. Um, let's see. MorningCombat at gmail.com is the email for the show. If you want to email us for Wednesdays, fan subs, or anything else, including Friday's Dead Wrongs, that's the place to do it. Showtime.com is the label that pays. You can get a 30-day free trial if you like it. You can keep it. If not, pound sand. Just go to Showtime.com to set all of that up. Uh, and then we have merch. Now, BC, this is my understanding of the merch deal, right? We're going to have a whole new wave of stuff coming in. So there's a big sale on the existing inventory. You can get it at MorningCombat.store. My understanding is that will be all the way through the weekend. And then all the way through Monday, but Monday at midnight. So Monday rolling into Tuesday, the sale. What is it? Twenty percent off on everything yeah. goes away.
1: Look, don't wait. Okay, Monday night is the end of this sale, and when those when that when that sale's done, that shit's getting taken off the website. So if you've always eyed something, right, a mug, uh, a hat, something, right, you know what I mean, something with high tea. Unlike this hat, apparently, according to our staff. Um, you can get that for 20% off right now at MorningCombat.store. It's a great time as we spring clean our own closets for you to add something to yours. So uh, please do that. Check it out.
0: All right, there you have it. Uh, BC, I should also note that—well, actually, a question. Did you start your day with a little AG1?
1: Yes, Luke, using this fantastic WrestleMania Cup that I picked up in New Orleans a couple of years ago. Um, I poured, a, poured that one scoop uh, of liquid green in there. And Luke, I'll tell you what, okay? I'm not good at being healthy, but I'm trying. And I know there's a lot of other people out there in our fan base like that. You want something that doesn't taste super healthy to start your day? little tropical taste, but makes you feel clean, makes you feel good, gives you nutrients, uh, immune-supporting uh, type products. It's so easy, Luke. One scoop each morning in your cup, pour in the water, mix it up, and you know what? You start your day the right way unlike a lot of you out there who are grabbing that that, that coffee roll and, and overdosing on coffee to start the day. I see you.
0: I, I usually start my day with liquor and lean, but if when I'm not doing that, it's AG1, folks. As, as you indicated, it's one scoop. It's a, it's a tablespoon mixed with water. You have 75 different uh, high-quality vitamins, minerals, all kinds of stuff for probiotics, and Again, it's just that, not a big-ass bag of pills and everything you have to take five times a day. Super simple, super easy.
1: Look, uh, I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I'm trying, Luke. I'm trying to get there, but this really helps supplement a lot of things. It's not just your diet, but these, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus. It also helps with aging, Luke. And there's you know some scientists that have figured this shit out, and uh, you want to talk about a shortcut to success? This is a great way to to get there.
0: All right. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good.
1: You can take it with you on the road. I travel with it often, and you want to talk about the cost. Less than three bucks per day. You're investing in your health. And, oh, by the way, it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, that vape habit, that... (laughs) I could go I could go on and down the road, but I won't, Luke, okay? We all got a lot of habits, okay? Let, let, let's start getting habitual with AG1.
0: Taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself.
1: Yeah, and it's got over 7,005 star reviews, so Athletic Greens is trusted by many leading health experts, including Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais. I'm told Joe Rogan uses it, Luke. I'm told that, okay? I'm told that.
0: Uh, Well, I'm telling you, I use it right now. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health.
1: You want a little bonus on there? If you act now by going to the website, athleticgreens.com slash morning combat, here's what you're going to get one year free supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase they they throw a little extra in there it's going to be worth it for you give it a try
0: all right all you gotta do is visit athleticgreens.com slash morning combat again athleticgreens.com slash morning combat to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance okay bc you ready to get this going
1: yeah, let, let's just have fun today, Luke. Okay, it's a slow yeah. week. It's it's hump day. Oh, Luke, one more thing before the people get the, get what they need here. Tomorrow, Thursday, March thirtieth, four p.m. Eastern. No, no, no. On today's YouTube.
0: the thirtieth. on, like, time out, time out, time out. Today's the thirtieth. You mean Okay, the 30th. I'm, I'm you know I'm
1: typically off, Luke. I'm a typically a day day late, a dollar short. Thursday, tomorrow, March thirty-first. If you go to YouTube. Look up Sports Podcast Awards. They're having their live ceremony, 4 p.m. Eastern. A lot of you remember, we put out the call to vote for us. We don't know if we won it, but we were up for Best Combat Sports Podcast of 2021 against the likes of Ariel Hawani, Chris Jericho, on and on. There's a lot of heavy hitters on this list. Tune in to find out if we win. And what do you get if we win? The fine folks at CBS Sports, they did promise. If we win this award, and we're going to find out tomorrow... How about a live show in Vegas, International Fight Week, okay? You want to be there? You want us to drink out of your shoe? Heck, I'll drink out of someone's underpants, Luke.
0: Is the podcast of my daughter screaming and banging on my door, is that up for any awards at the at this award show?
1: You should arm her with pots and pans when she sits outside your door, right? She just it, It's great. It's, it's fantastic. It's just,
0: dude, how many times do I have to ask people to please not let her do that? And then they just ignore me. It's... It's my life. Uh, okay, let's start with topic number one, BC. It's a smaller topic, but it's a bit of an interesting one. So check this out. We got news yesterday. In fact, I did get the release from this, which I typically do not do. Uh, UFC doesn't send me everything. But UFC is going back to Singapore. Now, they were there before. I think it was like the... Yeah, I think Don Kyung Kim fought Tyron Woodley on that card. Tarek Safedine against um, Hung Yu Lim. I believe that's right. Something like that. In any case, UFC 275 is going back to Southeast Asia, and it's going to, oh Jesus Christ, I mean, you got to be kidding me. It will mark UFC's first pay-per-view in championship title bouts hosted in Southeast Asia. Now, on that card, BC, we already know Glover Teixeira is going to defend his title against Yuri Prohachkov, a hotly anticipated light heavyweight title there. Title about Valentina Shevchenko is going to take on Tyla Santos. And now on that card, Marvin Vittori versus Robert Whitaker. BC. We had talked about the need for UFC to not necessarily travel anymore. This is not the 2000s or the 2010s where they had to kind of take the show on the road to you know, sort of give people proof of concept of what it meant and, and let them see the experience for themselves. Certainly there's always a benefit to traveling. But what do you make of them going to Southeast Asia, the home of one championship in june and bringing a pay-per-view with them
1: i was going to bring that up to you and say "What? Well, how much is this uh a counter move because look we don't talk about one a ton on this show and and i found in the last 24 hours that you know some people took umbrage with that that on monday's Dude, show we should we talk didn't about break that down. for a
0: second when you're having okay go ahead though go ahead
1: uh that we did not break down 1x in great detail or any detail on monday's morning combat now look to be fair we were trying to save some extra bullets for that great spinoff show we do called Morning Combat Extra Credit in which you went ham on all things Mighty Mouse Rod Tang. Rod Tang. Rod Tang. Uh, But here's the deal, Luke. One does make noise. A lot of our viewers believe One is the second best global MMA promotion. And and some of the... They also believe, Luke, that you and I sometimes get too caught up in the (coughs) One Apprentice Championship, chatry this card was viewed by 14 billion people press releases and that they got something going there. Is this UFC Connor kind of promote, you know, promoting, trying to invade that territory, or is this just a spot they haven't hit too often? I'm not really sure, but here's the, the the best thing I'll say about this card and the UFC's effort here. They're coming out big. I mean, two title fights and a third fight, meaning Robert Whittaker against Marvin Vittori that has huge stakes and a lot of interest. This is a damn good card that they're putting out, so there's certainly not... Throwing, you know, some crap against the wall in a new part of the world and trying to stir up some interest or business, they're coming for it. Now, our producer Mikey Muromau reminding us that you mentioned they've been there before. It was UFC Fight Night 162, and it was Damian Maya Ben Askren. Luke, you, who could forget that slugfest between those two? They had it. Was the other one Macau? I think it was. Yeah,
0: I think okay, it was. Let me double check that.
1: Maya and yeah. Askren were trading punches like it was uh, two drunk guys behind a bar, Luke. It was great. But look, here's the deal. This fight card matters. You, it, it's a big-ass deal. I want to ask you this, Luke. What what elements of this is just, oh, here's a part of the world that we haven't really conquered yet? Or what, what element of it is, oh, you think one's hot? We're the best in the business, and we'll show you that.
0: Pro- probably there's a little bit of we want to go and then um, not just do something in that market. Like, here's the thing. If if the only other show there, and uh, t- uh, by the way, Tyron Woodley versus John Kung Kim was in Macau. I'm going to check the Tariq Safadine one. Where was that one when he fought Hung Yu Lim? That was in uh, Singapore as well. I was right. Sorry, S- suck a dick. There you go. That was in uh, January of 2014 in Marina now, Bay, Singapore.
1: Who are you offering to SAD? Is that me, Mikey Mormile, yourself? Like, what? I, the, that was just a
0: little, the world. <laughs> like just just yeah. the world in general. It's just me <laughs> okay. against the world. Uh, yeah. The point I'm trying to make here is. It's not the strongest pay-per-view in, the, in terms of the pay-per-view drawing names, but what it is is it's a step up. If the, I, There might be other t- more than those two shows. Let's assume for just a second that it's just these two shows. Those are fine shows in Singapore, but are they meaningfully better than a one show? I mean, you could argue that it has more high-ranked talent on it, probably top to bottom, than a one show might have. But in general, it's not a substantive upgrade over what one can do, more or less. This is, while not their very top tier kind of pay per view, it is a step up beyond what one can do. One cannot say that they have arguably the world's best light heavyweight. Uh, You know, that's 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 debatable because we know what Vadim Nemkov is over in Bellator, but certainly one of the world's best light heavyweights defending his title against another one of the world's best light heavyweights. And certainly they cannot say that about Valentina Shevchenko having the best 125er. And they certainly cannot have, I don't know if there's anyone on the, well, DJ's pretty good, but well, not many guys on the all, all of the one roster as good as Robert Whitaker, And that's a super important fight for the middleweight could division you slow as well. your
1: roll on limiting Valentina to the best 125er? Luke, she's the pound for pound best women's fighter in the game right now. And she on her be. way to becoming the second or third greatest female fighter of all time. Okay, you heard that right here.
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, she's obviously an incredibly special talent, but that only just serves my point, which is one can't really match that kind of thing. Now, one has been in that market a lot longer. They cater to that market more nimbly, I would argue. They probably have a lot more fighters from that part of the world, not just Singapore, but the surrounding uh, uh, Southeast Asian nations. So in that sense, they they do different things. But this seems to me like the UFC feels like a need. They need to get into Southeast Asia more. It is a growing market, not just in China, but outside parts of it. But they can't can't go over there just doing, hey, here's the UFC show and some good fights and some good fighters. That's a fine thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to assert your presence in that market, you got to go a little bit higher. If you, it, it, This is one thing that was always kind of interesting, right, BC? If pay-per-view was always going to be something that was predominantly North American, and it still is, um, well, it used to be almost exclusively North American, now it's still predominantly North American – but that, that that equation is changing somewhat with all of the UFC's other contracted revenue. I want to make a point here. This is why title fights outside of North America are pretty rare, or at least sort of Western time zones. They're pretty rare, right? Because if the majority of your buying audience is in those time zones, putting them in the UK or putting them wherever... Can create some difficulties in terms of maximizing buys. UFC learned that a little bit the hard way in some of the early efforts of going to Abu Dhabi and whatnot. Some of those shows did well, but it probably hurt. It probably dampened some of the enthusiasm. There's a couple of exceptions: Habib at Fight Island against Justin Gaethje. You get the idea. But even then, to maximize pay per view sales, you have to go there. But but if you have some ambitions to go and and maybe and really really reassert your brand in a certain sort of geographic territory or market, and you're not as hobbled by the pay-per-view money necessity because of all this other contracted revenue. It allows some flexibility for title fights to be removed from North America and then put them in other kind of global hotspots catering more to local markets. That's a great thing for those folks, and I think in general, probably a great thing in the long run for the totality of MMA, if less so for North American audiences.
1: And isn't there, a, a to be candid and fair, a shit ton of money in Singapore?
0: Yeah, I mean Singapore doesn't do poorly. Yes, they're 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 quite wealthy. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: look, I gotta say, Luke, this is this is okay. This might not be a top tier pay per view, but this ain't no fight night. This ain't even an in between pay per view. If you ask me, maybe you disagree. Look, Glover and Yuri Prohaska is like a damn good fight, and you get Valentina in a title defense that's in theory potentially tougher or at least more interesting and exotic than she typically faces, and you get the return of Robert Whitaker. Like they they kind of brought it here, Luke.
0: They, they, no, no. Here, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a poor quality card. I mean, just the three fights alone would get me to buy it. Like, done, easy, like, no, no problem. What I mean to say is, in terms of bankable star power for a pay per view uh, uh, event, this would not compare to what you would get if you had, you know, somebody who, who we know for a fact moves the needle in terms of pay per view buys. List whoever you want. These people are. The cream of the crop, quite literally in many ways, certainly Valentina, chief among them in terms of talent. This card, it looks like it's already being built in a great way. I'm okay with it. I just want to be clear. If they put this, let's say, in Texas somewhere, it would do fine, but it probably wouldn't do all that great in terms of pay-per-view sales. So why not move it around a little bit and then reassert yourself in a market you haven't been to in a long time? And frankly, never in this way. Those other Singapore shows, while important... They can't claim that they had this. This is a ratcheting up.
1: I want to talk to you quickly now that we're talking about this UFC 275 card. Look, the early odds on the main event presented by our friends at DraftKings is Glover Teixeira, the champion, as the underdog, which I think we assumed given the dangers of this and his late career resurgence, but, you know, he's he ain't young, Luke. Plus 155 as an underdog, Yuri Prochatska minus 180. Are you surprised in any way that that it's not wider in Prohatchka's favor.
0: You know what? No, because I think everyone realizes Prohatchka probably should be favored and is exceedingly dangerous and unpredictable, which makes him like, you know, hard to know what's going to happen. And what's one thing you can say about Glover Teixeira perhaps on the critical side? The critical side would be that he gets hit a little bit. His head movements not super great. Um, which is why he's been dropped in multiple fights and he's been hit a lot and he gets... I mean, Gustafson jabbed him up when they fought. On the other side, though, the reason why I don't think the odds are as far apart as you might imagine is, in many of those cases, when Glover got dropped, he rallied. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Glover is as tough as shoe leather, dude, and he (laughs) is as experienced as any champion that we have, arguably, and in some ways, probably more. Dude, Glover Teixeira... You know he is he is vulnerable, and I think those odds speak to that vulnerability. But he is also perseverant and clever. And when and when he gets rolling, then that avalanche really begins to pick up speed as he begins to take over a fight. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen. Prochaska could drop him in the first round, thirty seconds, and then move along his day, and that would surprise no one. Even if it would, would would be exciting. But Glover Teixeira has shown an unusual late career not just resiliency, but understanding how to fight in a way that caters to that resiliency. Like Almost like he knows he has to have a part of his game built in when he gets dropped. Like, what are you going to do when you get dropped? And he works through those scenarios. He's one of the better ones at getting hurt and then hanging on.
1: Would you go as far as calling Glover... The, obviously, the king of Connecticut. Good lord. Sorry, Apathy. But, uh, <laughs> by the way,
0: Apathy has a new song out today and it's a banger.
1: Oh, I'm going to check that out because I support yeah. people from my state. Like, Sons
0: of Sons of Godzilla, produced by Sealance. Like Willie Pep you, and
1: Steve Young and, uh, to Bucky Jones and Chad Dawson, all the heroes from my state. But my point was would you go as far as saying Glover has secured Brazilian Biz Ping status?
2: Ooh.
0: Well, I don't want to speak for Brazilians, so I don't know. But you're asking this like the um Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know you know what? Pretty close. Here's the thing. It's just that Bisping took not just he didn't just lose, he took some beatings along the way. And Glover's taking some beatings too, but like with the eye and, you know, getting dropped against Anderson Silva and having to get back up. I mean, he had so many blood and guts. Trench warfare fights. Glover has had, a, he's had some of those too, to be very clear, but I don't know if he's had it quite to the same extent as Bisping did. Maybe that's me romanticizing Bisping's career. I'd have to go back and look and really think about that more. So I would say he's got something pretty close, but I feel like Bisping had more of like this tortuous weight, tortuous weight, tortuous weight, and then everything just lifted off for him thereafter. Also, Also, remember he got to go back to England. And then fight Dan Henderson. It's not like they're going back to Brazil and giving him, you know, a, 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 I think a fairly winnable fight. Brojatka is tough as shit, you know.
1: And you know, semi-related to this, Luke, but not fully. But look, you know, obviously Glover by getting—I I say Brazilian Bisping—because you put that capstone on the end of your career, and it suddenly makes everything you did before that, you know, seem better. You've rounded it out. You've reached your full potential. You're you're immortal. You're a UFC champion. Where do you think he fits in though? You can't speak for a Brazilian fan because you're not Brazilian, Luke, but we know they love. They love them. Some Jose Aldo, some Anderson Silva, some Big Nog, right? I mean there are there are like Mount Rushmore legends in Brazilian MMA fandom, you know, and in, in the in the great lore. I mean these, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the foundation of the sport from the Gracies. Is Glover kind of an afterthought in that or do do you think he's he's finally creeping up in terms of most you know in terms of that upper core of most beloved from that great country in this sports history
0: I would say if you want to get to like Aldo or you mentioned Big Nog dude Big Nog like that's so that's hard territory for anybody I mean you're asking a lot I would say this winning the title I think it made everyone except you know Jan Blachowicz happy and his team and you can understand why But you got to defend it a couple of times, I think, to get to a more premier status. Winning it, of course, is insanely premier. But the level you're talking about... I mean, dude, those guys, you know, Big Nog and and Aldo, that's Hall of Fame territory. Is is Glover in Hall of Fame territory? I I don't know that he's in Hall of Fame territory yet, even though he's had a very respectable career. So there's some work to do. I'll tell you what, he beats Prochacca. Who would be the next after that? Like Rakic, maybe, or something? Something like that, right? We'll see. Or maybe Ankalaev, You go out there and you beat Prohachka, and then you beat Ankalaev, While not the biggest names, you know, at forty-two or forty-three, you're beating guys like that. That that, then the conversation begins to turn a little bit. So he's he's got to a point where I think he can see a territory that's achievable, and if it's pretty far away, but I don't think he's there quite yet. Do you disagree or do you think he's there? No,
1: I I agree. I agree. I think, you know, look, he's never been a, a flashy guy. He's never been a guy. Look, like he's had some very respectable wins, but he doesn't have, out, maybe outside of this, you know, victory over over Blahovich for the title and the way that he sort of put on this late career run. He hasn't had these, like, memorable, all-time great moments in Brazilian history. And by the way, we should obviously put Amanda Nunes in that category for everything she has accomplished. But, you know, maybe he just passed Baron Baral on the all-time most favorite Brazilian legend list. And that's something, Luke, okay? All right? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, he certainly passed Bech Coheo with that win, okay?
0: Yeah, he, he he did. But, you know, he beat like, you want, maybe you want to appreciate this, but like there were some Brazilians I grew up with that had, or when I grew up watching MMA anyway, that, um, that had an outsized role that I don't think that Glover's already passed. For example, Hanato Sabral. I mean, he, he goes by the name of Babalu. Babalu for a time. I mean, everyone kind of knows him because he lost. I think it's against, pronounced
1: Babalu, Luke. Just to be just to be fair, okay? Because you would be. you would have skewered it, me for that mistake right there. I mean, what the? That's like Todd Grisham with Sakuraba that time. I mean, come on, Luke. Okay? What he,
0: well, no, he didn't even know who Todd Grisham didn't even. Know. <laughs> Didn't even know who Sakuraba I mean, was. Babalu. I mean, I followed, Sabra, I followed I followed Sobral's career pretty closely, but
1: don't forget um, Vanderlei, too. Before you're bringing out Babalu, okay? Can we put some respect? Well, okay, on but Vonderlai? that's
0: become, but that's the difference. But that's the difference. Vonderlei, Vonderlei, whatever. He is in that pantheon of the upper elites of all Brazilian MMA fighters, right? Wouldn't you agree? Like that yeah. dude was a champion in Pride, you know. Uh, came to UFC a little bit later in his career but was, you know, as recruited as anybody else was. The UFC was dying to get that guy, and he had some big fights here. But that, yes, he's in a different state. I'm talking about ones that are maybe a tier down from that in terms of how they're celebrated. I don't know if my Zoom froze or, or what. You all tell me. But Yeah, can they still hear me? Because I haven't even gotten into the, uh, <laughs>
1: into the reminder that little nog was sub-elite, Luke, okay?
0: Yeah, all right. here's what I was going to say. What about, like, the um, – what about the uh, – God, there's there's like a, there's so many Brazilians that are like just a, a tick down from that. I don't know, did, did they lose me? Am I back? Where are we? Where are we in this fucking show? I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't even okay, We're back. We're okay, okay. All right, we're now, back. Now Luke, we're would back.
1: you blame these quick very quickly, would you blame these technical difficulties on our stand in technical director today, Long Island Luke, whose dad is from Australia who whose dad apparently, is in
0: fact Australian?
1: Apparently this this kid this this man Luke uh, directed Monday's show and they didn't tell us until after the show it was like a bait and switch type thing okay
0: yeah anyway hold on adding to that list is there a difference in how Brazilians might view or even MMA fans view and if we're ranking Brazilians and Anderson Silva who was a middleweight champ from a Marillo Bustamante who was also a Brazilian champ and UFC champ is there a way in which they level those out at at different places. Yes, I I, I do. I don't think they're in the same place. So you're asking me, where is Glover? Glover's a little bit more in that Bustamante territory, less the Anderson Silva.
1: To close out on the talk of Brazilians we beloved, although he never won a UFC title, you know who's a forgotten badass, Luke? Hmm. Marco Huas.
0: Marco Huas, a legend in the game. A legend in the game.
1: You go back and watch his, his early UFC fights, which was early UFC. He was ahead of the game, dude.
0: Hey, you know? is the show on today? Or is I don't it not even
1: know if today? we're still live, Luke. Okay, I'm, I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, this is great. This is fantastic.
0: This is this is, pretty, is it I mean, my Wi-Fi
1: should... or yours? Who's the problem here? Okay,
0: and what, what other scenarios do you make this face? That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, well, I love that. We insult. I insulted Long Island, Luke, and he's like, "Oh, you want to mess with me? I'll just turn the show off." Okay, I know, great, record yeah. scratch.
0: Brrr, yeah. everything comes yeah. to a stop. Look yeah. at that shit. Look at my stupid face. Looks like I'm hiding walnuts in my cheeks. Uh, That'd be worse. All right. Uh, BC, any thoughts about that? We talked about the co-main event. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Tyler Santos. Tyler Santos doesn't have quite the same record, obviously. Who does? But pretty good one. And on top of that, you know, while ranked fifth, is heading in there with a lot of momentum.
1: Absolutely, and she has. I think, and we said this when when we originally heard about this fight. Comparatively, compared to the type of contenders that Valentina has mo- largely faced, given the Lack of depth in this division and the lack of, I want to say this politely, like everyone that Valentina faces for the most part, they're good, but they're not great. Like you can't carve out a path to victory. I think Talia Santos, and by the way, she may straight up get dominated like Jessica Andrade did, like grossly dominated because Shevchenko just that great. But I think Talia Santos at the very least brings youth, power, size, brings brings a certain mix of, of plus intangibles that isn't in the same category of a jessica i a caitlin chukagian a lauren murphy you get my point there luke right you get mm-hmm. it okay it's 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 fair i made a fair point okay it's it, you know but th- I'm, I'm excited about this fight you know but for all we know shevchenko just gonna walk through it although jennifer maya gave her a little bit of problems and i know that you know that minone faro is coming on okay did you hear her call out chukagian did you hear that shit luke
0: i did Uh, Any thoughts on Vittori versus Whitaker? I got to tell you, I love this fight. Whitaker is obviously, I think, fair to say, a lot more skilled than Marvin Vittori. But as we've also talked about, Vittori is quietly getting better and better and better. I think he has some issues in terms of putting up enough offense on opponents to get the round to really turn in his favor or, or even really approach finishing scenarios, at least as it relates to the elite of the division. But he's a big, strong kid. Super young, super big for the weight class, much bigger than Robert Whitaker. I, I I love this fight. I think it's great.
1: I mean, I I love it. I, I, I it's just that. I you
0: think, think it's Robert Whitaker. Conclusion gonna, for Rob.
1: I think Robert Whitaker is going to house him. Now, is okay. Vittori bring a tough challenge? Yes. Here's my point. Vittori beat Paulo Costa. It was close, but he beat him because I don't think Paulo Costa's is going in the right direction long term in terms of his focus and game planning and all that stuff. He's hes hes living life, you know, off the rails at the moment, it seems. But Paulo Costa versus Robert Whitaker is a sexy-ass fight. This ain't that, Luke. Okay, I'm not going to talk myself out of Vittori being competitive here, and I'm not going to reiterate that maybe Robert Whitaker beat Adesanya in the Rumi match. But, but I think this is the proper setup for Robert Whitaker it, to, to come back and, and remind us how great he is. But, you know, that this is why we fight them, Luke, okay? Because Vittori... Vittori has surprised me a few different times along the way.
0: It would surprise me if Vittori won, but that I think he's worthy of an opportunity like this. Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that. I think Robert Whitaker is the more skilled fighter and skills tend to win fights, but you got to fight him. That's, that's why you put him out there. We'll have to see how that goes. So to the point, we'll see what else they add to this card, BC, but that, I mean, just that alone, Three. remember when you were a kid, if the album had three good songs that was good oh, enough yeah. to buy? There you go. Dude, it's good I- enough to buy right there.
1: I remember my dad would be so critical when I was in middle school. I'd go down to Strawberries. Remember that CD and tape store, Luke? Strawberries? That's
0: a a Connecticut special. We didn't have Strawberries.
1: Yeah, me me and Young Glover were there all the time. And, you know, I'd buy... I remember specifically I bought the Lemonheads' It's a Shame About Ray, which is just a phenomenal 90s, like, alternative, post-punk sort of record. And my dad going, how many songs do you know off that? I'm like, well, they got that Mrs. Robinson video on MTV. It's great. It goes... If you don't know at least three songs on that, is that really a good purchase? Is that really a good use of your money? I remember him saying that, Luke. And you know what, Pops? You know what, Dad? It was a great, it was a great purchase, and I still stand by that today, okay? Thank you. <laughs> How many yeah. times
0: have you cried from emotional joy at a Toad the Wet Sprocket concert?
1: No, I, I, I didn't go down that lane, but I do stand by Evan Dando and the Lemonheads. And I think most people of my age would, <clears throat> would agree with that, Luke. How many you. times
0: did you write love letters to your crushes listening to jars <clears throat> of clay?
1: I should, I, by the way, I'm not going to pull a Jay Aaron and tell you Shine Down's the greatest band of all time. But if Jars of Clay pops up on Sirius XM, I don't turn the channel, Luke. Okay, judge yeah, me I, all you yeah. want.
0: I I do. I definitely do. Uh,
1: okay. Oh no no. Topic Sorry, th- I was thinking of the Fray for F Jars of Clay. I was thinking of the Fray. I stand by the uh, Fray, Luke. Okay.
0: How about Rusted Root? Send me on my way. <clears throat> Luke, did, right.
1: did I ever tell you that story about well, <laughs> when I went to a Rusted Root concert and never made it in because I drank 11 and a half Zimas in the car ride from Nagata, Connecticut to Hartford in the car ride, which is like 40 minutes, Luke. I drank 11 and a half Zimas. Um, Wait, spent... no, did you
0: drink 11 and a half Zimas, or did you do the 11 and a half Zimas with the gummy bear slash <clears throat> Jolly Rancher? No, we down didn't the have that access.
1: We didn't have that access. So I spent the night in a in a North Hartford gas station throwing up for hours, Luke. Okay. Do you know how dark that night was? I mean, do you have any idea how just, I remember the guy behind the glass, the cashier was like, you don't want to be here. This is not a place to hang out. Yeah. This is, that was, you know, Hey Luke, we've all had those nights, right? In fact, you could argue that in, in, over the span of your career, this blip on the radar, this morning combat is similar to that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Luke, I mean, this is like, you know, do I really want to be here? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You ask yourself that all the time, Luke, you know? I certainly do. All right, topic number two. This is an interesting one. Devison Figueredo doesn't want to fight Moreno anymore. He wants Kai of France. He said on Instagram, quote, Dear Dana White, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunities that you have given me, my family, and my country. Uh, You know that I would fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. That being said, I want to fight Brandon Moreno for the fourth time because I know this is what the fans want. Until his team crossed the line with racist comments. Calling me a monkey... And even going to the extent of photoshopping a monkey's face on top of mine. You know what I'm talking about? Raul Arvizu. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, when all this happened, I went on a campaign to stop racism and prejudice in my city, where it is predominantly Indians and blacks. I mean, I think it's who is against. Uh, as the UFC champion of the world, I want to I, I ask you to consider my wish. I wish to fight the next contender in line, Kaikara France, who has earned his spot. Hashtag we are one, hashtag stop the racism <laughs> uh okay bc is there racism here should first he all, fight car france instead
1: yeah first of all one love here luke when he says indians is he talking about native americans or 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 well, your your home country
0: i think indigenous brazilians if that's what you're okay referring okay
1: to. um yeah. look no one's gonna you know if this is true i didn't see this meme of of a of a monkey's face on there but look so, that's, hold on, can i
0: add can i add one more detail yeah so, as I understand it, what Brandon Moreno was saying was that one of his, uh, they were on like Instagram Live and they were playing with Instagram filters. And you know how the filter can come up where you're like a rabbit or, like a, or a monkey or whatever? And he claims it's just a misunderstanding from that.
1: Yeah, I mean look, it's a it's a really bad look regardless. Is it enough to get the UFC to to pull Moreno from the fight and go in a different direction? No. It's not. It's not at the end of the day. Now look like you know, if anything, it's gonna give Dana White more fuel to hype up this fourth fight and go, oh, not only is this one of the greatest all action rivalries in UFC history, but now we got hate. Now we got hate to circle in there like when Connor was calling out Habib's wife and his religion I mean look this is this is the fight game this is what happens it sucks but I want to ask you Luke do you take Figueredo at his word uh, and I don't I don't mean that you know insultingly I mean like do you think he's really upset about this and it's true or do you think he surprised a lot of us by at 34 winning back the title avenging a, a stoppage loss a one-sided one against a younger higher ranked fighter on the come up. Do you think he's just more trying to play a card of saying, why don't we delay this a little bit? Because this guy has my number. I've had his at times, but he's got mine as well. Let's go in a different direction to a guy who maybe I think I can beat better. I don't say that to try to say that he that he's making this up. I'm saying, is that any part of his... I'm devil's advocating you, Luke.
0: Yeah, okay? I think there might be a little <clears throat> bit of that. A little bit of that. Here's what I mean. I definitely think he is tired of fighting him. Right, I mean, fighting a guy four times, no matter who you are, that sucks. And usually when they fight four times, it's a little bit more spaced out than it has been for them. These guys have been just you know, all over each other, quite literally, the last two years or however long the, the, the time is. Um, so he probably is sick of it and doesn't want to do it, but is kind of doing it because that's what the fans want, which he, he basically said. <laughs> and then this comes around, and you know how fighters are, man. They're like the most sensitive people on Earth, which I understand it's an occupational need to a degree. And then they'll find any seemingly, you know, sometimes innocuous slight to be like, man, fuck that guy. I think it's probably just that. Like, is there racism there? I mean, for folks who don't, you know, yeah, like, people, yes, let me just tell you, South America is, I mean, they are dripping with racism down there. They're a lot in denial about it, but it's, trust me, it's there. So, could it be be a role? And I'm sure, by the way, that, you know, has a guy like Devison Figueredo probably faced some racism from... And also, just class issues in South America, which are tied into race issues. Has he faced some? Probably. Probably. I tend to think, though, what it more looks like from an evidence-based standpoint is that uh, he just doesn't want to fight this guy. Not because he's scared. Hell, he just won. But because he's sick of it. Kaikara France is new and... Kai Car France, I think, at least in Figueroa's mind, and that may not be the reality, but in his mind, I think he thinks that that's an easier fight, and why not? Yeah, fuck yeah, it. yeah, and
1: and I think I agree with that, and that's that's nothing against the the base of this being a shitty move, racist. All yeah, like if this is all, it sucks. It's not a good look for anyone. But uh, sorry, Devison, money's going to win out. The UFC. I mean, look, look at the end of the day.
0: I do have a question for you, though. But go ahead.
1: I was going to say, like, this fourth fight, if it's even, like, pretty damn good, like, these guys are these guys are, are making their their history right here with each other. Like, they found the right dance partner to get into the history books and be remembered. So, UFC's not going to run away from that. And also, Luke, even with Figueredo just winning, I'm telling you, Moreno's going to be the betting favorite here, and he, for the UFC, is still a long-term piece to... Make that move to Mexico that they've tried a bunch of times and really haven't been able to completely change the 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 foundational you know boxing crazy fandom and 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 cut. like they made some grounds and Moreno being the first Mexican fighter to win the title was huge for them right. If he regains this, Luke Moreno's going to be like a full hero because the only thing that we love more in sports than one of our own, wherever you're from, winning is is losing and then coming back in winning. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, Figueredo, the fourth fight's going to happen, but I, I do support you if this really
0: happens. This is a shitty move. Yeah, I. I agree. Let me ask you this question, and you may say he doesn't beat either of them, but I'm going to ask it this way. Let's say Kai Kaikara France is next. Seems seems like he could be. We'll see. Who does Kai Kaikara France, in your mind, have a better chance against stylistically? Devison Figueredo or Brandon Moreno? And again, if your answer is he doesn't beat either of them, fine, but who does he do better against?
1: I don't think I have an argument either way. Do you? Because I they're all league. Fig- they're they're all great fighters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I I would say that if Figueroa <laughs> is undisciplined, that's a better fight for Kaikara France than Moreno. But I would say if Figueiredo is disciplined, the Moreno fight is better. Uh, it's yeah, something. No, you're like right. That.
1: Because like, are we past the time frame of saying that every time Figueroa? <clears throat> goes to the scales and tries to cut weight that he's, you know, he's rolling the dice.
0: Or, you know, I just, I just, I don't know if he's rolling the dice, but I just feel like you only have a finite amount of those left in you, right? Yeah. You have a finite amount of weight cuts to 125 that are going to enable you that you can even a make and B perform on probably a handful of them left. So that's where I, and is this the one <clears throat> where it just all falls apart? Who knows? And if you're the UFC, Luke, if you don't put this
1: fourth fight in Mexico, what are, what are we doing here, right?
0: What are we doing here? I don't... Um, here, here's what... This is the thing I don't understand going back to topic number one, BC. Didn't Dana be like, hey, we're only going to go to places where you know the COVID rules are not all that strict, <laughs> which is his pr- prerogative. But, dude, Singapore... I, I mean, I'm not sure what the current state is, but relative to what's happening here, they're far more strict about it. So if you can go to Singapore, can't you go... Can't you go to Mexico? Like I, I mean, yeah, again, I'm I not mean, entirely sure they about the rules. just went to but... Columbus,
1: right? We just went to Columbus. Yeah, I don't think unless major changes happen, I, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, I, look, I get there's logistical challenges, but Dana's made a history of pushing through those logistical challenges, and you don't need sea level Kane to tell you that this is the fight to do in Mexico. Like, if you want to have an explosion in Mexico yeah. and give your your home country guy a chance here to to make himself a legend, this is dude, this is the fight. That's it. Or how about
0: this? How about this? Take that fight to Brazil. I'd be happy with that. Put it in the hometown, guys, uh, or near hometown anyway. Why not Brazil?
1: Yeah, why not? He's the champion. I I also don't disagree with that. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Topic number three, BC. This one came out of left field a little bit. I mean, I guess it didn't. It must have been slow rolling. But it came out of left field yesterday when it hit the news cycle. For BC over Doom... It's basically done. He's basically retired. He spoke to, I know he spoke to Guilherme Cruz over at MMA Fighting, and he spoke to a couple other places as well. Here's what he says. Talking about MMA, I think it's hard for me to come back because it's more dedication, staying two, three months in the United States, and I'm living in Brazil for a year and three months now, he said. If there's a boxing match, I'd do it. To sum it up, boxing, yes. MMA, no. It would need to be an out-of-this-world offer to make me stop doing what I've been doing uh right now and of course he was scheduled to be in the 2022 pfl season that's out bc your reaction one of okay here we go one of the great brazilian martial artists of all time and that's a true exactly. statement for brecha <clears throat> over doom he's calling it a career it seems like what do, what, what do you have to say about it
1: yeah like i'm not surprised given that he's 44 years old and had that 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 medical situation which pulled him out of the pfl there he had the no contest in didn't look great luke i mean to be fair he hasn't looked great in a while right to close off his ufc run there was there was a lot of time off wasn't there usada instances as well luke yes, he, had I year, so. mm-hmm. he had a two year so he had a two-year break between the knockout loss to alexander volkev and the split decision loss to Alexei Olenek, which he just didn't look like himself in that fight so he gets a, a sub win over alexander Gustavsson at heavyweight to close out his ufc run but look you know where's alexander Gustavson right now as well so uh, I'm not surprised, but it, it's funny. We just had that discussion about where's Glover putting himself in the all-time great Brazilian ranking. Damn, we always sometimes forget where Fabricio Verdum belongs in that discussion. And yes, he's another guy who's not overly flashy, right? I mean, you know, he'll throw a boomerang at a guy, but that's about it. But man, has that guy had had a damn is that guy had a great career, Luke? You talk about one of the most underrated great careers. I'm not surprised that he's calling it quits now. I think he actually should, but. He has two of the most impressive and memorable and in some cases unlikely victories of all time being the the shocking sub of Fedor at that point in the strike Strikeforce uh, Grand Prix and then, of course, the upset of of Kane in Elevation in Mexico. Um, I mean, look, there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was a point after he beat Kane where people like Joe Rogan were arguing maybe this is the greatest heavyweight of all time.
0: That's right. Dude, his record is remarkable. I mean, we're not even talking about the fact that this guy was a multiple-time black belt and world champion, right? And I think Gi and Nogi. I believe that's right. I think he won it at 8. Yeah, Let I mean, listen to this. At ADCC, 2009 gold medal in the plus 99 kilo, 2007 gold medal, 2011 silver, 2005 and 3 bronze, 2003 Sao Paulo open, he had a silver. Jiu-Jitsu championships, 2004 gold in his division, 2003 gold in his division, 2000 gold in his division. Pan Ams, he won it in 2001, two and 2000, both open and his own weight class. So he's in the gi and out the gi, a multiple-time world champion. Listen to his wins in MMA. Right, He beat Gabriel Gonzaga, Tom Erickson, who back in the day was this sort of giant man, a wrestler, Roman Zensov. Most folks won't remember this name, but trust me, I remember this fight very closely. John Olav Inamo, this like huge Norwegian guy, fucking monster. Dude, uh, Verdun beat him. Alistair Overeem, Alexander Milianenko, Gonzaga again, Brandon Vera, Antonio Silva, Fedor, Roy Nelson, Mike Russo. Uh, Big Nog, I remember when everyone was like, yo, Big Nog's got better jiu-jitsu than Fabricio. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> no, he does not. Not even close. Travis Brown, Mark Hunt, Kane Velasquez, Travis Brown again, Walt Harris, Marcin Taibora, and then Gustafson. Dude, he put it on people, and he did it for a couple of decades. And Pretty dude, goddamn impressive.
1: When he beat Mark Hunt, that was for the interim heavyweight title, and he finished him. He finished yes, him with a knee. Mexico I mean, Mexico that City, was- that's right. That was some vicious shit right there. So a true legend. By the way, he's very good friends with our with our boss, Karen Portley of CBS Sports, who uh, previously Verdum? worked for the UFC, and they became close. I approached um, Verdum at a UFC event one time, got my my phone camera phone, and was like, hey, uh, you know, my old boss, Karen, great guy. What do you have to say for him? And then Fabricio went on a, uh, a tirade of swears against him. Look, I guess that's how friends get down. You know, that's how you and I talk to each other.
0: Uh, more or less, that's how we talk to each other. And you know, he had noteworthy losses too. I know he doesn't have the most unimpeachable resume, but like the highs were pretty goddamn high. I mean, dude, he really—if you think about it—in two key intervals in his career, he completely shook up the heavyweight division and he made the crowning of who was supposed to be the greatest of all time kind of impossible, at least in the in the moment that he was there. By virtue, when he beat Fedor, I'm telling you, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And the Cain Velasquez one, I guess, was a little bit more predictable, but not so. I should also point out that Verdum is a bit of a linguist. He has done cage side color commentary in Spanish. I actually had my wife listen to it. I was like, "How good is his Spanish?" She was like, "Fluent." Like you, know, you can, you can hear a little bit of his Brazilian accent in the back, but he is like a great commentator as a matter of fact, not just able to do it, but able to do it quite well. He's been, he's been a talented guy for a long time. And I don't know if you know this, do you know the story of how he got into jujitsu? No. Um, he was, you know, uh, like, like a lot of guys in their teen years fighting over another guy, uh, fighting with another guy over a girl. And, uh, he got put to sleep. I think in front of the girl, he was either dating or trying to date by the other guy who I think had known at least some jujitsu. And he was so, bothered by it that he was like I'm gonna go learn that and it turns out he ended up being a multiple time world champion in and out of the gi just a remarkable sort of series of events that pushed him there not without blemish not without controversy he also took money from Ramzan Kadyrov we should say that but on top of it all as a fighter and as a competitor you know where does he belong among the Brazilians I guess you should ask them but as far as I'm concerned I think he's one of the best to ever do it I put him on the same actually I would put him above Jacare given what he was able to do uh I mean, name pretty pretty, pretty amazing guy. The,
1: the amount of heavyweights who have two wins as important as the two he had over Fedor in that version of Kane at that point. Uh, can you name any? I mean, like the like those are those are mm. two of the greatest wins in heavyweight history. Legitimately, truly, legitimately. True.
0: Yeah, truly, truly. And then be, and 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 beating. Um, you know Gonzaga twice, and then beating. Oh, you know. Here's the thing: he does have that loss to JDS when it was JDS's UFC debut. Remember that the uppercut, and then yeah. Verduum just implodes like a building that's been, you know, an old stadium that the city is demolishing. Uh, so you know he's got some of those noteworthy losses, but but uh, it was it was honestly a thrill to cover his career. It really was. He did a lot of great things, and you know, if it, it, by the way he made his debut BC in june of 2002 dude that's when i graduated college look at me <laughs> look yeah. at me he's still far up until today or anyway or whatever still fighting it's time it's time time out time to call it a day time to call yeah. it a day
1: that guy's been through some wars no question about it and um <clears throat> luke i'm i have to apologize to the people i'm sorry that i can't clear my throat here okay I'm sorry yeah,
0: it's okay bc uh last but not least this is something that you have been like not teasing but kind of teasing as a theoretical thing. You know, just something wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Well, now it has happened. Uh this came to us from Michael Benson BC. He has reported that it's been announced Nooya Inaway is going to fight Nonito Donaire again in a WBA, WBC, and IBF bantamweight world title unification. This will be June 7th at the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. BC, why is this such a big deal? This is
1: incredible. It's not that we didn't know both wanted this rematch and that it wasn't possible. There were some promotional network issues that were getting in the way, potentially. <clears throat> but now that they're going to do it, that they're going to do it in the damn Saitama Super Arena, if you didn't see their first fight, it's one of the greatest boxing matches of, of this century. And that's that's not hyperbole. Uh, we all thought aging old legend, future Hall of Famer, Naoa, I'm sorry, uh, Nonito Donaire was going to get, like, demolished. And, and if you don't know Naoya Inoue, the monster, I have him number two on my pound-for-pound pound list. He's won titles in so many different weight classes, so early in his career, carried the power up, a great boxer, but just devastating power. And that fight a couple years back against Donaire, I mean, you want to talk about both guys gutting it out. Both guys just leaving everything they have in there. Donaire gets dropped early, and you think, "Oh, that you know, it's, it's what we thought it was." And then Donaire just keeps coming back, and he ends up breaking the eye socket early in the fight uh, of of Inoue, and they just go to war the rest of the way. It went to the scorecards. It was just an insanely amazing fight for just the the sure will of of two legends and the fact that they're going to run it back a couple years later after Donaire continues this ridiculous late career surge. Like, like Hmm. you have to understand, Nonino Donaire won. Like he was almost unbeaten for a decade there. He got as high as pound for pound number. I think it was three behind Floyd and Manny back when he lost to Guillermo Rigondeau in 2013. And after that, you know, we kind of thought, okay, that's his mountaintop. He moved up, not one, but two weight classes, got knocked out a couple times against big-time sluggers. Then late in his 30s, comes back down two weight divisions to Bantamweight and is just this killer. And he's smart and he's crafty. And the fact that he went in there against this absolute monster, literally, in Naioa Nui and put on that performance and then came back regained a title went on this run where he was like legitimately in the fighter of the year discussion last year with two big knockout wins to gain a title and now wants to go back in there and do this again against a guy who's on his way to becoming one of the all-time greats in the monster neo inoue this is everything you love about this sport if you did not watch this fight the first time around you will not be disappointed if you go check it out um, I don't know what network this is gonna be on, Luke. I don't know what you know the promotional situations involved. I just know this is a boon for boxing fans. Like thank you to these two for, for running this back. Um you're always gonna to have to favor a new way with the age difference and all that, but Donaire's not done. And that's this is a special coda to a legendary career.
0: The first fight, is that available on the Zone archives? Where did I believe that one so. air? I believe that's where it aired, right? In the stateside anyway. I don't know about overseas It was a part of
1: that World Boxing Super Series tournament. I believe you can still catch it there. Which
0: by the way, did you like their Muhammad Ali trophy, the one that kind of spins a little bit, or is like a it's like a screw that's in the shape of a trophy, kinda? It's hard to explain. I did. At first I was like it actually like that's actually one of my favorite combat sports trophies. I like it. I
1: I agree and I you know, when when Richard Schaefer he was a part of that first announcement of this tournament series that they came out with, you know, we were kinda like, Oh, cool, name it the Muhammad Ali trophy, who cares? But the history of that WBSS World Boxing Super Series, which is now defunct, but they put together Luke some incredible. I mean, that cruiserweight one where Alexander Usyk beat you know uh, Gassiev and beat uh, Myris Brightis, and they were all amazing fights.
0: Wasn't like, there a good one with uh, with Ward and Arthur Abraham as well?
1: That was the Showtime Super Six tournament that that Super that aired That's right. previously. That's right. That's right. This was a single elimination of the World Boxing Super Series, but we also saw it at the 140 division. We saw Ruguru take Josh- on Josh Taylor. The whole point is it brought people from different networks and promotions together, and champions face champions, and in divisions that weren't getting a lot of global fanfare, we got to find out who was actually the best because the best fought the best. So that legacy of that series really holds up firm.
0: All right. Well, that will be June 7th. I can't wait. Cannot wait for that. I mean, look, All this—
1: right. Dude, the April calendar is just stupidly sick in both sports. I mean, forget, don't forget that April 15th, Friday night, we get Pitbull, McKee 2, and Bellator. And then the next night in Dallas, we get Spence Ugas on Showtime Ugas. pay-per-view. Yeah. But, dude, then it's like Tyson Fury versus Dillian White the next week in front of a, you know 100,000 people. And on April 30th, to close of the month, we get uh, Amanda Serrano versus uh, Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden for the biggest fight in women's boxing history – on the same night Shakur Stevenson takes on Oscar Valdez to unify titles. And Luke, we just found out that Shakur Stevenson has agreed to take less money for this fight, to gamble on himself because he felt this was the only way they could really make this fight was if he brought down his his price and he says it's the last time he's gonna wow. do it. This wow. I mean again, two unbeaten champ. This is I what a time. What a time to be alive right yeah, now.
0: Not even talking about the UFC schedule that month either, which is just tremendous too. So April is going to be busy, folks. Get ready. All right, that's it for our rundown, BC. I hand the baton to you. Let's get get on with the torture, I guess.
1: Oh, the one other thing, look, I don't know if you care about it. Kelvin Gastelum has a new opponent for UFC yes, 273. Imavov,
0: right? Or no, it's... Uh, Driscus uh,
1: Duplessis.
0: Du- Duplessis. Pronounce. Duplessis, I think is how you
1: pronounce who, it. Who was a hammer so far in UFC from what we've seen. That's South a
0: African guy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he brings it. That's a. It was originally supposed to be what? Uh, who was Imavov. the
0: original? Nasur Adin Imavov.
1: Yes, yes. Visa issues in the way. Out
0: of Factory, was, who's fucking very good. Very <clears throat> All
1: right, good. we're going to get to fan subs in a second, but we've played this game before with Chuck Mindenhall. We also played it solo uh, with myself and the producer uh, Gaffney Pierre, guy that oh, we I love Oh, I bet here. you play
0: by yourself solo.
1: You're damn right. Uh, but, Luke, this is the first time you're doing it, so here's the breakdown on what this is. All right. The Wheel of Death is designed at, you know, getting you to talk about certain topics in combat sports or what have you that you don't want to. Truth or trivia is a little bit different. I'm going to give you five trivia questions. Each one that you get wrong, you have to answer a personal question that I'm sure you don't want to be talking about. It's an interesting segment, Luke. It's a fair one in my opinion, and it's called truth or trivia,
0: truth or trivia. Look at that graphic. Yes. Hey, that's pretty good. I like that. It's nice.
1: <clears throat> All right, Luke, each question you get, right. You don't have to answer a personal attack. Number one, Luke, Besides Misha Tate at UFC 168, who was the only other fighter to make it out of the first round against Ronda Rousey in her 14-fight MMA career?
0: So we're talking like anything, strike force or Regional or whatever. Um, okay, so not Zingano. Um, definitely not Sarah McMahon. Not Betch. Oh, Holly. Holly was round two, correct?
1: Good pull, Luke. Good pull. Holly Holm is correct. UFC 193 in 2015. See, I thought I would catch you sleeping on that, Luke. I did. No, I I remember
0: she went back to the round and I was like, this is going real bad. Yeah. I don't yes. know what's about to happen here, but this ain't looking too good. Uh, Edmund told us
1: she's doing great, though. He just wanted a little bit more head movement, Luke. Okay. All right.
0: Shout out to... Uh, and, and a thousand memes were born.
1: <laughs> Armenian MMA royalty right there, Luke. Wow, you won't get that personal question. That would have been, been an interesting one. All right, you know, Let me question... ask you a question.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. So is the truth question attached to the trivia question? In other words... If I get the next one wrong, can you pick either of those truth ones or only the truth one associated with that? Only the truth one associated with it. Okay, Okay. so this
1: look, if you get on fire with the trivia, this is going to be a boring segment, Luke, okay? We'll see what happens. All right,
0: well, you know, I I woke up early today, so uh, I'm on my third cup of coffee. We'll see how this goes.
1: Number two, everyone knows you love city kickboxing and head coach Eugene Berriman out of Auckland, New Zealand. More than you love anything else in this world, not named your family, powerlifting, bbls and eating uber eats up to a full hour after it has arrived at your hotel room and is already cold so according to ckb's wikipedia page they currently have eight active ufc fighters in its stable name seven of them
0: all right obviously uh adesanya volkanovsky uh brad riddell Carlos Olberg, Blood Ooh, Diamond,
1: the handsome Carlos Olberg. Yes, did you Blood say Blood Diamond? Diamond? Blood. Oh, Diamond. you got five, Luke. You got five, bro.
0: Oh, Kai Car, France, and Shane Young. Wow! You wow! How about that? How about that, Just bitch? Actually, like- I don't know. is Shane Young on the roster? I'm not even sure if he's still on the roster. Is he still on the roster?
1: Do you want to show off and get the get the last one? Get the eighth one. Luke?
0: Hold on. Okay, who am I missing? Yeah, yeah, let me see if I can get this one. Um. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. He
1: loses a lot lately.
0: <laughs> oh, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Dan all right. Hooker. All right. All right. Wow, well, look, you dodged oh, that another. Sucks. I like Dan. Fuck that. That's a terrible way to put it.
1: Yeah. This personal question was going to be about your marriage, so you're probably happy that you have to answer it, Luke. Okay. <laughs> All right. So
0: fuck you and your attempts. Keep my wife's name out of your yeah. effing
1: mouth, BC. That's right. right. Pop. <clears throat> Trivia question number three. I'm sure the fans won't love it, Luke, but later next week, I'm leaving for vacation, which uh, coincides with my son's April school break. And if anyone knows about taking vacations, including the multi-week kind when you have an award-winning show... I mean,
0: I took 10 days, you fucking over, but okay.
1: you, Luke Thomas. Over the past 32 months of Morning Combat's existence, one of our seats have been filled by eight different replacement hosts. Name them all and note, these must be MK-branded shows shot either in our studio or on Zoom. So Paul Pierce, Pauly Malignaggi, and Brendan Schaub don't count since those were Showtime boxing-related events.
0: Okay, so Shaq, Shaquille Maggiore. Yes. Aaron Bronstetter. Yes. uh, Old Oscar from Mac Life. Yes. Old Rashad Evans. Yes. Chuck Mendenhall, five for five, Luke. I have to get three more. Yes. Ooh, that's what. Okay. <laughs> um, it's about to get tough. Now this is a case when either you're out or I'm out. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Um, let me think here. There's three more.
1: There is, Luke. It's a, we had a great history in this show, you know.
0: Is this like a? I, mean, I named Chuck, right? I got I got Iceman already. You got him. Does Aljamain Sterling count? He does.
1: Yes, he okay. does. Luke, that was an MK okay. branded show.
0: Two okay, more. So that's Luke. Six. That's six. Um. Jesus, this is tough. Give me a second. Give me like ten seconds. I don't know. I don't know the other two.
1: Wow, you finally we get some truth in here. The correct answers, Luke, were Rafe Bartholomew, my old boxing oh, buddy, fuck. Yes. and Dan Canobio of Inside Boxing. Oh, that's, Box,
0: right. that's right. <clears> that's right. Fuck. Fuck. All right, Luke, All right, it's you time got me. for some truth. Me.
1: There we go, Luke. Considering you called me a mongoloid on the air <laughs> as recently as our interview with Gilbert Burns, both of us have been in the crossfire of countless insults aimed at each other throughout this show's history. In fact, you not only regularly disrespect me and my brain-damaged existence, but you've even been known to throw a few shots at my savior every now and then, and Luke, I've forgiven you. So as respectful and loving as I can be with this, why in the damn hell was it a drunken David Hasselhoff video that caused you to finally snap on me? What was it about that ill-timed and juvenile joke that cut so deep. I only asked Luke, because being real with you, it hurt me to know that I could hurt you that accidentally and okay. that
0: easily. It, it, okay, so it wasn't... I mean, first of all, when you say I snapped, where did I snap? Did I in, one in time Lauderdale. lose my... In Fort Did Lauderdale. I lose my... On, did I really... I lost my cool by telling you how I felt? Like... That's not snapping. Snapping is like what Will Smith did. That's snapping. Okay. To be
1: fair, we've apologized and moved on. I just want to yes. know what was it about that stupid video that got you that upset?
0: Yes. The joke, there's nothing wrong with the joke. The joke is totally fine. It was just that. Um, trying to get my studio going for my personal channel has been, I'll just be candid with you, it's been a bit of a disaster um, there's a lot of things that that office does for me that are quite good. There's a lot of things I did not. It's my fault. I didn't scout properly and now I don't know how to solve those problems. The good news, of course, all told is that it's only a six month lease, so in the end, it's not like some financially you know uh, devastating blow. but you know, um, I'll just tell everyone what the, the audience wants to know. That room costs thirteen hundred a month. Just no. Bro, what so, kind of
1: money are you making from CBS no, and no, Showtime? No, I don't. Right it now. doesn't
0: come out from my CBS money. It only co- I, my, my YouTube business stays a YouTube business. So any money that comes in or out is just a function of what happens there. I don't ever touch anything from CBS. So the point I'm trying to make here is, um, you know, I'm trying to get everything going again, and. I don't have anybody to blame but myself. Like, there's nobody else to blame. But between like the lack of sleep, which is just really an ongoing problem, and I'm naturally a little bit error prone with that sort of stuff, I've been making like up all night, early in the morning efforts to like make. I've made like production checklists and everything to make sure everything was right. And in fact, while the home studio, whether uh, whether the away studio is the one that has the problems, typically my home studio is the one. Where things are pretty much in order. I mean, yes, errors happen, but they're a little less common here because I have all of my major equipment all kind of already set up. That was a new process. But you compound all the difficulties there, and then I got up one morning because I knew I had to travel for it. We were going to Fort Lauderdale, and I wanted to make sure we had a good UFC London extra credit because there were so many good fights. And I was super tired, and I got up again, and I recorded the whole thing, and even at home, I had fucked it up. Now, here's, here's why it was so painful. It is very difficult for me to accept, and I have to, of course, um, just how relentless the errors have been for so long and like what that says about my uh, attentiveness to detail in, in solving those problems. And the part that hurts the most is I cannot blame anybody else. I can only <clears throat> blame myself. And I was just despondent because I was so tired. I had already recorded it. And then you had sent that. Folks don't know. He had sent that gif as a text. And I had sent a very, like, gee, thank you, BC. Kind of like, you know stop here kind of I, I thought it, it signal to please stop here and then you did it on the show it the joke is fine there's nothing wrong with the joke it was just that I was I was really down on myself when you put that up and I didn't need it at the time that's all
1: well like Chris rocks ignorance regarding the alopecia related to Jada Pinkett Smith Luke um I didn't realize that was that deep of a struggle for you and again I apologize um You don't have to, we're cool,
0: dude, we're cool, we're boys, it's fine I want you to know and I want the audience to know I know the joke was fine I was just really upset at myself And I felt like Obviously every time, here's the thing dude. When you do one of those errors and like it's a live chat or anything else You're so exposed You're just so exposed and flapping in the breeze And I wish I could point fingers You know, oh they did this to me But they didn't, no one did it to me And it's like it, it sucked. That morning really, really sucked for me. I,
1: I am sorry to compound that, Luke, and um, I'm glad we've moved on from this. Okay, thank We're you for good. being good, real yeah. for the people. Okay, yeah. and I do regret that time I made that off-handed joke no, about the that joke, guy on our show. You know, I'm yeah, the, the
0: joke, joke is credit. the joke. There's nothing wrong with the joke. <clears throat> wrong with the joke.
1: <clears throat> all right, Luke. Trivia question number four. We are nine months away from the ten-year anniversary of the final Strike Force card on Showtime in Oklahoma City which was the final straw in Zufa purchasing the brand from CEO Scott Coker and folding it more or less into the UFC. At the time of its closing, Strikeforce employed champions in seven weight divisions, heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, and on the women's side, featherweight and bantamweight. Named six of the seven reigning and defending champions at the time of Strikeforce's demise in 2013.
0: Well, would you count Cormier because he was given a belt for the Strike Force heavyweight grand prix?
1: I would not count him because there was a defending heavyweight champion at that time who okay. was not part of that.
0: Gil Melendez was the lightweight champ, correct? Correct.
1: <clears throat> That's one.
0: Five um more. Nate Marquardt was your welterweight champion.
1: Incorrect, Luke. And In you Didn't I did Didn't he give you,
0: ice? Didn't he ice? I did ice? give you
1: He fought in the main event of the final card and lost his title.
0: Tyron? Nope.
1: This is This will count as your one wrong answer because I gave you a latitude. Yeah, deep I deep. don't
0: dude, I don't know. I don't know. i have to go. Safadine
1: uh, defeated Tart Nate Safedine. Marquardt Fuck, in the main event.
0: Uh, what about Luke Rockhold? Was he still the middleweight champ? Correct. <laughs> um, and so now we have the they have a light heavyweight champ or not?
1: They did have a light heavyweight champ.
0: Was it Hendo?
1: Yeah. All right, yeah. Luke, you're Look at this rally right here.
0: All right, so how many have I gotten right? 3 or 4? You got
1: 3 and you need 3 more.
0: Okay, so they had a heavyweight champ at the time. So let me think. So ovary? Correct. Wow, you might get this, Luke, two more. All right. On the women's side, uh so they had a featherweight and a and a bantamweight champ? Correct. So featherweight must have been Cyborg, right? Yes. Okay, so I need to get one more. What what's the what's the non male category? Or what's the male category that I've not got yet? I got lightweight, welter. You, you oh, missed,
1: missed welterweight, which was Tariq sapinine. So the only thing you need left is women's
0: bantamweight weight. Ooh. I guess it must have been Rousey, right?
1: Rousey, yes, correct.
0: Luke, you yeah. survive. You don't have to <laughs> oh, oh dude,
1: this was gonna be a good truth question too. Damn it. Oh, oh. gotcha, bitch. Luke pulls it out of his a-hole. All right, Luke, final question on Truth or Trivia. Let's see if this segment comes back, Luke. It's up to the people, okay? All right, Luke, you may not realize it, but on April 7th, 2018, something happened in the UFC that has never happened before or since. A reigning UFC champion and a reigning interim champion from the same division were stripped of their titles on the same day Due to inactivity and injury, less than an hour before a new champion was crowned in a vacant title bout. This is a five part answer because it's your most difficult and final question. Name the division this took place in, name both the champion and interim champion who were stripped, name the two fighters that fought for the vacant title that night. Name the numbered UFC pay-per-view event,
0: Jesus, and dude, name what the, the fuck city. Is this? this is five different questions.
1: And name the city that it took place in. I'll reread the parts that you need to think about. April seventh, two thousand eighteen. Defending champion and defending interim champion stripped on the same day, and two others fought for the vacant
0: title. <clears throat> now wait a second. When you say, let me uh, let me ask a question here. When you say stripped, were they both stripped or was one title dissolved? Well,
1: when an interim title is stripped, it means it's dissolved. So both the champion and the interim champion in the same division were both stripped and two new fighters fought for that title on that night. Look, it's the fifth one. It's going to be the hardest, okay? It's going to be the okay, hardest, Okay, so this Luke. has
0: got to be the lightweight division, right?
1: That's correct. So so you've, okay. number, you've got one part of it right.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, put the question, put the lower third back up on the screen, please. It's not going to help you, Luke. It's not going to help It might, you. it might. Was this in New York City? <clears throat> what city are you going to
1: claim that this was in? Because this is part of the guess, Luke, okay?
0: I'm saying, was it in New York City?
1: Could you be a little bit more specific on New York City? Brooklyn. Correct, correct. That's, that's two of the five that you got right here. You're building okay. it. Luke, you're building something.
0: Now, the other three parts are I have to get who the, who the, the two people stripped were and then who the new champion was? Who were the two people that fought for the vacant belt?
1: And separately, who was the main champion stripped and the interim champion stripped?
0: So this has got to be...
1: Oh, you got to get the UFC numbered card as well. So you got three more elements to this, Luke, okay?
0: Okay, there's no chance I'm going to get the number. How about UFC 242? Is that right? That is not correct, Luke. Not correct. Okay, so I'm going to have to do the thing. I want to see if I can get the rest of this. Um, It's got to be Habib and like, like Connor getting stripped or Connor and Dustin. I, I can't quite okay, recall let, the let, details. Okay, let me stop
1: you there. You're correct. Conor McGregor was the defending regular champion. He was stripped due to inactivity that night. Right, right. Now, who was the interim title holder that was stripped due to injury that night?
0: Well, he fought Al. He was supposed to fight Max. And then before that, oh, Ferguson. Tony Ferguson got stripped because he tripped on the court at Fox.
1: And who did Habib defeat that night
0: for the full? Al Quinta. It was supposed to be Max Holloway, and ended up being Ali Quinta last second. Hey, so well Al, done.
1: Yeah. Except for you got the card wrong. UFC 223, 223. in Brooklyn, New York. All right, the I'll Dolly. do your stupid.
0: I'll do your stupid trivia, even though that was insanely difficult. Okay,
1: um, Luke, this is the the hardest. Uh, I wish. I, can I ask any question I want,
0: Luke? <laughs> yeah, I? you can ask anyone. You can ask anyone you want. Just, just, just you know. Don't, don't kill me, please. All right. Well, I got two here that I really want, but we'll see what happens. You can pick. You can pick the one you really want. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's in an Wednesday. alternate.
1: In an alternate universe in which you were both single and not an MMA journalist, imagine you won a UFC fan charity auction, providing you as the winner with the chance to go on one date, which includes dinner, attending a movie or concert, and a nightcap of drinks with any active UFC female fighter. Who would oh, you pick?
0: Jesus. Oh Jesus! What are you doing? Well, well tell it's you either what.
1: that or name the three most overrated UFC fighters today, Luke. It's either one. Oh, either oh,
0: yes, please spare me that one because I'll get <laughs> killed. Um, you know what? You, you will actually like this pick. And the reason why I can make this pick is because I've halfway, not even halfway, a quarter of the way kind of did this um, in a totally platonic and, and uh, normal way. I would say, I'm, you know, if you're single, whatever, I'm just going to pick somebody who I know would be a really fun time. A really fun time. Ah, uh, you're avoiding
1: uh, the spirit of this question. I am absolutely no avoiding dude.
0: the spirit of the question. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that the entire way. Angela Hill is where I'm gonna go. Angela Hill. Okay. Angela Hill, I think would be one of the most fun of of really almost anyone in UFC, but certainly on the on the female side of things. She seems like a grand time. So uh, I would
1: love that. to do something you and I with her, something fun, something you know, some, some type of. Well, she's from related. this. She
0: lives in uh San Diego, whatever. She's from this area. She grew up in PG County. Um and uh yeah, she I, I met her mom because she came back to I did us like a symposium here like a couple years ago before the pandemic and she showed up and then brought her mom. Her mom is as lovely as the day is long. You can see where she gets, you know, uh her her spirited uh worldview from. So, yeah, Angela. Well, Hill I think she's answer.
1: a worthy answer on both sides of the spirit of this question, although I think a lot of people at home thought you were going to go BBL, Luke, okay?
0: Listen, I'm not trying to get in trouble with your ridiculous line of questioning, and I kept it professional. I kept it okay, professional.
1: Okay, a lot of people. Oh, look at <laughs> our look, look at-
0: <laughs> our uh, our production team wrote <laughs> Valerie Lareda. No, yeah, t- I will keep my answer what it is. I will say Angela Hill.
1: <clears throat> All right, Luke. Wow, there were some there were some beauties for the truth questions, but I'll give you credit. You got four or five trivia questions correct. More or no, no. three or five. But the, the last one, you came pretty damn close. Luke, pretty close. Right? Pretty close.
0: Not bad. Not bad.
1: That's it. It's called. Truth or trivia. Let's keep it rolling, Luke. Every Wednesday morning combat <clears throat> at gmail.com is your email address to send us pictures of you wearing our clothes, your ridiculous memes, whatever you got. This is your time to shine on our show. It's called Fan submissions. Fan Submissions. We've got mail. All right. We've got mail listeners mostly too, Luke. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a fact right there. Yeah, baby. Number 1 this is Paul sliding in. Here's a pic of me rocking some sweet MK merch on the top of the Great Sugarloaf Mountain in County Wicklow, Ireland. Love the show, keep up the good work. Look, I didn't even know we sold we sold the blue uh 1.0 shirt, do you? Did
0: you know that? Boy, look at look at the tan on this Irishman. Wow.
1: Look, <laughs> do you have any recommendations for this guy regarding the gym or or no?
0: No, nah, he's doing all right, but you know, no mysteries about where he's from.
1: Yeah. Wow. that That's a nice view. I didn't know they had mountains in Ireland. Am I ignorant on that?
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, You know, I don't know if they have, you know, the Himalayas or something like that, but they certainly have rolling um, landscape. Look, do you have
1: any MK plans for when I'm on vacation for a week?
0: Dude, I barely know what I'm doing today. Are you kidding me? i I'm like, no, I don't have. I haven't thought about it for two seconds.
1: okay Okay. thank you very much uh tyler says hey guys p1 here from chicago love the show all of the great content it's been inspiring to watch the two of you grow and refine your craft while still maintaining the dick jokes and similar art to make the show great here's me in my day one mk merch at the shooting range no i didn't bring any bbls i'm attempting to wife this time but you never know eagerly looking forward for that january 6th merch line and much love to the whole team. It's Tyler P. Luke, this guy has been, he knows what, what a curl is. I'll tell you that much. Do you think he stormed the steps with Pat Miletic?
0: No, he's way too uh, well kept together to do something like that. Can you uh, uh, full screen this? Let me see. Let's see. Yeah, he didn't bring his target back. I'd like to look at it. The firearm there is on the left. Charging handle brought to the rear. Um Yeah, he looks like a normal human being, which makes me wonder why he listens to our show. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a strong beard, too. I'm
1: not coming on to him, Luke, but I think this guy's coming on. You know what I mean? He looks like he's ready to take over the world. I'm proud of him. All right, Tyler. Very well done. Uh, Victoria says, oh, we got a female. Hi, Luke and Brian. Thought this could be added to the tip to rip gallery. Jelly babies in the UK are getting (laughs) it on. (laughs) Thanks so much for your wonderful show,
0: Victoria and David. Dude, you just have to look at this moment right here and be like, what have I done in my life where someone sees a gummy bear like this and thinks they're touching dicks. I got to go tell my favorite podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Luke, we've built something special right here. All right. Uh, Tyler again. I don't know if it's the same Tyler. I think the Matrix glitched this week. The first time was when BC tried to keep the show moving. The second was when BC took the old bitch way out and wouldn't make a pick. What the F? I thought you were the alpha and had that BDE. What is he talking about? What did I not pick, Luke?
0: Did you not pick a winner for one of the fights? I I don't know. Did I not? I don't remember. Oh, wait. You know what? We did pick. So last weekend was what? UFC Columbus. We did make a pick for the main event. I don't know if you made a pick in the Grasso fight. I think you may have skipped out on that no, one. No, I told you
1: the, the lead pipe lock was Grasso by decision, which I was, I was wrong on. I, I think it was it KK. No, I, I picked Eskarov over France. I don't know, Luke. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't but, know. But he says, uh, lastly, I'm starting the MK record label. And the first album is the death metal album called Hey Fuckos. The first single is "Get the fuck off my coffee line with your old bitch order." All right, Tyler. Hey, they say he has two more photos. Is that true? Um, long Island, Luke. Is that true?
0: Let's let's see. Let's see. When BC passes on making a pick for Ailey Allen versus Hooker, oh, that's what it was. But always calls LT a bitch for not making picks. Nice. Yeah, I guess I guess you didn't uh, uh, lay down a pick on that one.
1: I got a long line of putting my putting me on the line. Okay, Luke.
0: Hey, fuckers. I might get that tattooed on my forehead. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic.
1: Uh, we got Ben sliding in, and he says, here's a simple one that might do well. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Ben. Uh, can we blow this up?
0: <laughs> uh, Luke, you know what I would have... Okay, this is... he's saying it's me. You know what I would have done... Uh, I can't read it. What the fuck does that say? If we would have gone...
1: Two on IG or whatever. Oh, if we would well, have gone the, the what
0: what? Can our producer? He's trying to, to make it? a point that I would have fucked up. Oh yeah. Done. Oh, yeah, no they're signal, talking yes. about your technical difficulties, yeah. Luke. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, no, it's it's fair. I mean, I can't say it's not fair. It's completely fair. So okay, all right.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I, I, I mean, I don't know how much I'm laughing at that joke, but I am acknowledging it. It comes from a place of. <laughs>
1: You're crying reality. on the inside,
0: at least. Yes, yeah. I'm more weeping uh, and then trying to smile, but it's fair. It's a fair game.
1: All right, Tom says, Hi, Donks. Had to send this after hearing BC Butcher, the world-famous strongman's name. This is Luke <laughs> trying to coach BC to pronounce any name that isn't Cletus McFactory Towns as his brain races his liver to be the first organ to give up the ghost.
0: Wow! wow luke wow the mountain the mountain half thor half thor bjornsson bjornsson okay (laughs) half thor bjornsson bjorn thornsson
1: (laughs) i guess i did do that luke yeah well sorry about that guys luke there are i got dm'd by a couple mk fans i want you to ask the answer this legitimately they go hey bc you guys always pedal showtime jake paul boxing pay-per-views our way what about jake paul versus Thorn bjornsson in a boxing match Luke, seriously, who you got in that one? Seriously. Well,
0: it's funny you bring that up because I follow the Mountain on Instagram, and uh, today he posted that KSI, who I guess is this other the dude who fought Logan Paul or whatever. I guess he's famous because he's a YouTube thing or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he does that makes him famous, but whatever. He said he wanted to box the Mountain, and 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 it uh, uh, re, re, like reposted it and was like, "What do you guys think about this?" So. I don't know about Jake Paul fighting the mountain, but KSI looks like he wants dibs. Well, look,
1: dude, here's the deal. Jake Paul,
0: he's, also, he's proven. Also, if Jake Paul or KSI boxes them, I just want to be clear that I, I don't care. So, there you go.
1: Yeah, but I, I legitimately want to ask you. Um, We know Jake Paul has, has look, he's a better fu- He's He's like the best celebrity fighter of the moment. He's young. He's strong. He's big. And to be fair, he's fought aging MMA fighters who are a couple weight classes lower than him. Do you think he has the boxing skill to avoid getting sent to hell by Bjorn Thorson?
0: Well, I mean, here's the deal: it's like the mountain is a great athlete and he's strong as balls, obviously. But he, you know, how fast is he? You know, he's not that fast. No, um, no not that fast. So I don't know. I mean, that'd be one of those things that, dude. I'll tell you what: if this was 2003, we would know the answer to that question because Pride New Year's Eve would be, yes. you know, or K1 even would be. Would be putting this on, like if you never, if you guys have never seen Hoist Gracie versus Aki Bono, I think live, live in Japan, it did fifty million viewers, you know wow. something, yeah, something insane. Uh, so keep that in mind. Like um, you would have seen it, you would have seen it, but we'll see how it goes.
1: I'm sure Jose Canseco versus. Uh... Hong Man Choi was the co-main event for yeah. sure.
0: He came out with the bat and then just fucking ran for the entire. Just game. laid
1: down, just laid right the hell down. Worse yeah. than Houston Alexander against Kimbo Luke. Worse than that. All right.
0: Hey, go to smirch Kimbo's most legitimate MMA win.
1: I'd like to run into Houston one time and, and buy him a drink and then get the real story, Luke. Okay. That's He's a I mean.
0: uh, isn't he a radio DJ out of Nebraska or maybe Houston something like that?
1: Oh really? Is he? All right. Yeah. I, I I always liked him as a fighter. I just I don't understand he... why he was. So Tim and he was fight.
0: when he was fighting or like either right in the middle of it, right at the end of it, he was doing he was a he was a he was a radio DJ in, I believe, Nebraska. I don't know what he's up to these days, but he did it at a time. Also, be careful how you talk about Houston and Alexander. That dude'll fuck you up. Oh, you're talking
1: about like a like the Will Smith Chris Rock thing just keep just like keep you know, you might him.
0: you might find yourself outside of poppy steak getting a yeah, little bit a too careless. Point. That's a know? fair
1: point. By the way, did you see Kareem Abdul Jabbar's commentary on Will Smith? He sent that dude to hell.
0: No, what do he say?
1: Oh, you should read it. Like ten different people on face on my Facebook timeline post today. He just took a very educated turn against Will and said that basically Will hijacked and stole the thunder away from black people, from women, from like any and he broke down across the board why what Will chose to do push forward all these negative stereotypes that we've worked so hard to overcome.
0: I mean, Kareem's a smart guy. I just feel like it's not that hard to figure out. A rich asshole decided he was entitled to be a rich asshole, and uh, everyone wants to make it about something else. It's like, this is just what elite rich people do in this country. They do whatever the fuck they want.
1: That's true. Uh, Connor is here with 1N. He says, what's up, Bappas? A couple of movie-inspired submissions for your enjoyment (laughs) this week. To BC, I find your lack of shake disturbing. Start prepping that ship properly before AG has a lawsuit on their hands. Luke, I did catch a floater the other day, and I, I regret
0: that. It's yeah. not a great representation. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director Cl- <laughs> Kimic or Clinic, whatever his name was.
1: Uh, who? Yeah, who was that That guy? Dude, that guy used to choke the shit out of people. Um, for Luke, after the Hasselhoff bit, it felt like he was going to go full DC Sniper 2.0. Love the podcast. May all of your fans be capital stormers. That's the falling down. Po- Look, we have Web Scream designed a falling down poster. We have it framed ready to go in our studio. Is that one up or yeah. not?
0: Uh, I don't know if that one is up, but that might be. Well, the, my favorite is the one that he did for Predator. My second favorite one would be the Web Scream falling down one. Although you can, this one's not bad either. You can blow it up. Yeah, yeah. Web Screams yeah. is a little bit more, you know, definitely made. Can you guys read what it says on, on the caption next to his body? I can't read that. <laughs> the, the Adventures of an Ordinary Man at War with technology.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's very true.
0: Yeah. And then, by the way, it says falling down a tale of technical difficulties. The only thing that would make this better is if I had a Mac laptop in one hand and then, like, cords in another hand. Manich, can but, the people uh, hear
1: you when you talk? Manich? They can't. Manish, when are we no, going to fix that?
0: Manich, yeah. I, I agree with Brian completely on this. From now on, man, when you want to speak, I'm happy to hear you speak. I want the audience to hear it, too. I really do. Wow.
1: Looks like say right. to my face, you know, stand you know, up. You know, you
0: got to be selective. Don't be like Jay where you're like a stray cat that I left milk out for once and now I can't fucking get rid of you. You know, yeah. you got to be sparing about it, but we want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah please, well, your please music do. is better than Jay's, so don't worry about that. But Yeah.
1: Uh, this is from Alexander. As a black coffee fan, I agree with Luke on this issue. These suburban moms need to get their milkshakes elsewhere.
0: Luke and fans arguing about <laughs> <laughs> I love how they put the QAnon shaman next to me. That is fucking great. That's who Luke, I feel like I'm behind in line when I hear the shaking upside down, up my balls, you know, kind of orders.
1: So, Luke, while your Starbucks rant was epic, and I loved it, there was some rumbling behind the scenes. I won't name which MK producers, but they were like, I've gotten coffee for Luke. He gets yeah. coffee like a bitch. Like, he, it's gotta be two Splendas. It's gotta, so, Luke, you oh. put off this... This tough no. guy, I only drink black no. coffee. Why am no. I in the Starbucks line no. with the soccer never, I've
0: never asked for a lot. The, the the most I've ever asked for in terms of a production of an order is just a red eye, which is just a shot of espresso in the coffee. It is true that at, after they bring it to me, I might put a couple of Splendid just to sweeten it off, but... Um, you're like it line? needs to be
1: goat's milk. It needs to be warm. No, I don't put. I don't put
0: milk in my coffee. I don't ever put milk in my coffee. I don't order lattes. I don't do any of that shit. Never, 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 never. Not true. You, Lies. Yeah,
1: you. You like your coffee. Yeah. Look, I, know, I got I know. coffee
0: here. I don't know if you can see it or not, but like, what does that look like here? What does this look like to you?
1: Looks like it's Bang coffee. Energy
0: Drink, Luke. It's oh, coffee. there it is.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> look at that what are we mixology over here. That's nice work, Luke. Yeah. Now it Imagine tastes like you'd... Mountain Dew. Imagine if you spilled that all over your keyboard and sparks came up. Look, that'd be a great MK moment. All right, that's great. Uh, Tom says we've got a live. Here's the
0: problem with my with my epic meltdowns. They make people laugh and that's fine. But like, I never get to take something I can then put you know on like a reel on Instagram or TikTok where the ship's on fire and everyone. I could use. I could. I could. I could. could, You know. I could repurpose that. All of my fails are just sad. (laughs) There's nothing fun about any of them.
1: Ah, uh, this is Tom. He says, "Live look at Athletic Greens. Let's see what's going on here."
0: <laughs> so Luke, Athletic Greens is the dog, and all the bullshit we do to each other is, uh, is the is the fire, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure AG One's like, "Wow, we really picked."
0: Okay, Luke, sh- in fairness about the COVID, I mean, I, here's the, people ask me, oh, "Have you ever had COVID?" I don't know. I don't know, which is to say. I have never tested positive for COVID and I've never had a bizarre illness that looked like COVID. The last one was the one that looked the closest, and I took two rapid tests and two PCR tests. They all came back negative. Are they failed tests? I have no fucking idea. But all I can tell you is uh I've never I've never tested positive for COVID, but I could have had it. You're, the fuck knows? you're
1: like twenty thirteen Vitor. You're like I never, you know, I never tested positive for this shit, right, Luke? You know, it was legal. I mean, go. <laughs> no, I'm just on, trying here. to
0: tell you, like, if I get, listen, everyone's going to get COVID. I'm due for COVID if I haven't already have it. But in fairness, I took a shitload of tests last week and none of them came up COVID positive. So there you go.
1: Luke, our final submission is from another Adam. Dude, we got a lot of Adams. A lot of white Adams on this show, right?
0: We need more. No, uh, no uh, I'll not, I will leave that alone. Yeah, we yeah, don't, more touch that. Yeah. don't touch that.
1: Don't touch that garden, you snake. Don't touch that garden of Eden. Uh, Luke, he says, Donks, after this Friday's episode, and Luke again asking something that BC had literally just stated, I just had to know what the deal was. Luckily, YouTube has put out new technology for super ultra premium members that can show you a streamer's desktop for a nominal fee. Without further ado, here is the real reason why Luke is not listening to BC. Battleaxe here, Luke and Joanne Wood. Uh, The odds, though, have Grasso minus 255 under DraftKings as the favorite, plus 205 for Joanne Wood.
0: I'm with you. Like, okay, my my first thought is and my last my last thought is this is a fight. I'm sorry. You may have said the odds. Did you read the odds? Yes. On this one? One more time for me, if you could.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, you know, Luke.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, the best part is I used to follow that person on Instagram. Oh, wow.
1: She's like you're a, like, she's like a, she's like i like like, I've actually made Mexico love City. to that lady in my mind many times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's- yeah. That's, that's, uh, I won't say that's my desktop, but that may, sources tell me it could. It could be my Instagram feed. We'll have to see. All
1: right, all right, Luke. Uh, you you often don't listen to me. A lot of people in my family do the same thing to me, Luke. I, I've spent I, a I, lifetime... I, I
0: try. I try. You know what? The problem is I have too many. I have three monitors up, and it's just way too yeah. much. It's a little bit overwhelming.
1: What so. episode was that? Because I looked like a uh, rock lobster. I looked like a... That, dude that time. was like last week yeah I looked like a piece of shit there last week uh Luke uh those are our fan submissions thank you to all of our fans Morningcombat at gmail.com some people think this segment's worthless Luke I think it's the best segment we do because I like uh, I love that in,
0: especially bro. when they're good that last one was really good although he didn't you yeah. know didn't put the apostrophe between the e and the s on my name so that's kind of funny but um the, when the jokes are good I like them the a g one one was good the Darth the Darth Vader one with the <laughs> uh,
1: joking Luke, our on the pr- fucking
0: AG was really good actually
1: our trusted uh, Showtime producer and, and really one of the one of the true fathers of this show, Matt Snyder, has texted in to out himself as the one who is making fun of your coffee orders. He says he only said Splenda, which is low tea. Wow, Luke. Wow. You low you low you low tea having bitch. That's Even basically if, Listen,
0: I'm not asking anyone to drink coffee the way I drink it. All I'm pointing out is when I get in line, I'm not the reason the line is slow. Okay. I'm not. It's okay. it's it's the housefrouls who live in you know in this area Annandale and Rockville, in their vans trying to get you know a Baskin Robbins fucking uh, Chevy Sunday. Chase,
1: Luke Chevy Chase, Maryland is that a good place to raise a family?
0: Chevy Chase is an extremely nice area, yeah, right. super nice area.
1: Um, Luke, I think that's our show for the week. And I, and I definitely want to put this out there because we, we made people vote so many times. We, we said, look, if you want us to win another award, here's your chance to do it. We're going to find out tomorrow, May 31st, March 31st, 4 PM Eastern on YouTube. If you look up sports podcast awards, I think Luke, there's someone from the NFL network hosting the broadcast. One of the personalities there. Yes. And, uh, it's going to be live and we're going to find out along, along with you folks, and Luke, uh, we're up for best combat sports podcast of 2021. So best of luck to us. Maybe we'll get that live show in Vegas. I don't know. Luke, what, predict right now. What's going to be the main event of IFW July 2nd or 3rd or whatever the hell it is this year?
0: Kamaru versus Leon? Maybe. It's not going to move me, dude.
1: I wonder if it's Adesanya Cannoneer. I don't even... I mean, I like that fight more than Kamaru... Uh,
0: edwards but we need something big dude we need something like big. a connor f- i mean i don't know if connor's gonna be ready for that it's july right like that's by the way so a lot aggressive. of people
1: saying in response to the rant we went on about like hey ufc piss or get off the pot with nate diaz that ufc is waiting uh for connor to come back to do the trilogy and then let nate go do you do yeah you i know that? it's
0: like dude every time someone does like for example i had someone ask me a question on, on one of my live chats being like, you know, now that we it's been firmly established that uh, MMA media has made money off the backs of fighters, how about starting up an insurance fund for them? I'm like, let me see if I understand this. You think that people who, in many cases, are there's like not many MMA media, and the, if you're in many cases lucky to make fifty to sixty k doing that job, in, in many cases. You think the, those are the ones profiting off of fighters, or is it the multi billion dollar company that keeps 80% of the revenues? Are they the ones that largely profit off of this? So, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about who's responsible for what around here.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're damn right. Okay. You're not lying. Um, uh, Luke, um, we got another show on Friday. What do you want
0: to do? We do. What the fuck are we gonna? We should talk about this. What the fuck are we gonna do on Friday? Because there's nothing to talk about. We barely <laughs> got a, through this one.
1: You want to do MK homework in Kanto edition, Luke? What's going on here?
0: I'll say this. <laughs> um, okay, I'll let you pick. How about this? I'll give you a choice of three movies. I'll give you a choice of three movies. Okay. Oh wait, wait before the, you do
1: that, before you do that, did you see what our producer Mikey Mormile just pitched?
0: Tell, oh yes. Okay. How about this? So BC and I, BC was the first one to be like, um, there ain't shit going on this weekend. So he was right. Then I looked it up and I was like, Yeah, BC's completely right. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna steal from the king and the sting. All right. Send us a video question of yourself or whoever's asking the question. Send it to morningcombat at gmail.com. And I'm gonna put a stipulation on it. Has to be thirty seconds or less. I don't want a fucking well, two-minute thing. No, 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 dude, 60, dude, I'm telling you, I'm 60, telling you. Go 60. All right, all right. We'll allow 60, but not a second more. Not no. a second more. 60 seconds or less to get your question in. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Throw the graphic up one more time if you can there, uh, Australian Luke. Morningcombat at gmail. If, if you show
1: your prick in the video, dude, you're you're gone, okay? Yes, yeah, so, I
0: mean, if you start beating off in it, I'm going to be like, BC, why are you still sending me these videos? I've asked you to stop. <laughs> Uh, do that and we'll just answer a bunch of those maybe on Friday we should uh, uh, okay but back to movies BC are you in for something a little bit off the beaten path a little bit foreign language what do you think what where, where where are we on this one
1: you're gonna make me read subtitles Luke? I thought Encanto was in English
0: it isn't it is in English although there's some of it in Spanish um the problem with watching Encanto is that there's a couple of things that I would love to show you that I, I can't um but okay, so I'll give you. Encanto is one. I will give you. Uh, how about another one? Peraiso Travel. Paraiso Travel is another one. What what, um, what the hell
1: is that, Luke? What, what do you a believe?
0: guy illegally immigrates to America and then gets lost and has to just find a way to live. Oh, I saw um, that. It
1: was it was uh, Tom Hanks stuck in an airport. I saw that. It's <laughs> right.
0: better. It's much better than that. Oh. Um, I'll go that one. Ooh, what's a third one I could go to really make you just dig See, deep into the crate? M-
1: Matt Snyder and I are stuck in seventies neo noir right now, Luke. I wish you would go there. I really do. I, I can mean I
0: can give you some Kurosawa films to watch, but they're they're a little bit heavy. Um, I mean,
1: he makes mad films, Luke, and if he did, there would be a
0: samurai. Uh, seven Samurai is what he made. But that I think that's pre-70s. I think that was 50s or 60s. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey, Long Island Luke, can we get the 90s counter once once a show at least, please? Okay. I know it's as Luke would say, uh, as Luke Thomas would say, it's not your fault, Long Island Luke, that you were born in, uh, <laughs> in 2001, but thank you. Well,
0: and also not even in this country. Australian Luke, I think. Was he born in Australia? I think he was.
1: 92, born,
0: born in the, in the US, U.S., 92, born in the okay. U.S., but
1: his dad's his dad's a big Aussie. What what city is your dad from, Long Island Luke? Suburb of he, Melbourne called Fox Hill. That means he drinks.
0: I think he said Box Hill. Is it Fox Box or Hill? Box?
1: Box Hill. I bet you they have strong as shit coffee there, Luke. I bet you know what I mean. Maybe okay. Long Island Luke's dad's a big city kickboxing fan like you. Maybe I'll
0: give you a choice. How about this? They're saying Encanto or a fight. How about this? One of my favorite events for years, it's since been replaced just because MMA's gotten so much better. One of my all-time favorite events is Pride Body Blow. This is Rampage Jackson versus Kevin Randleman. I think this was when Carlos Newton got iced by Anderson, although I'm not quite sure about that. But I also know this is when Fedor beat Noguera for the first time. And by the way, people thought Noguera was just going to run over him. And the commentators, I think it was Boz Rutin and Steven Quadros, were shocked. You want to watch Encanto or you want to watch Pride Body Blow? Well,
1: if we were going to do a full-ass card like that, I think it has to be its own episode and not a segment in a show, right? It's
0: about the same length, and Kanto and watching that will take you about as long.
1: See, I was going to finish watching uh, 1981's Nighthawks starring Sylvester Stallone and Rucker Hauer and Billy D. Not, Williams. Not on the-, the
0: list. Not on the list.
1: I mean, I'll. I mean, it's about time I watch in Kanto, right?
0: It's All probably right. about It's time. It's good. It's short. It's like an hour and a half. You'll like it. It's All good. right,
1: let's do that. Let's do MK Homework. BC finally gets in touch with Colombia. See, that's, that's the, Luke, that's what I felt so bad about, about the Hasselhoff video, because if I'm going to break up with you, I want it at least to be like an ill-timed, like, um, Escobar joke. And you're like, you don't understand Colombian culture, the damage that that does to the people. And I'm like, dude, I don't. And I'm sorry. And don't tell your wife and mother-in-law, I'm really sorry. Like, I want that to be where we break up, right? So maybe this will help me understand Colombian culture a lot better.
0: It will. There's one thing in the video I won't have, or I won't have a chance to explain. I want to do one thing before we go. Columbia has one game, and it's very much like a working class game at this point. Like, uh, billiards is not, you know, remember when we were kids? They call it pool here, but billiards? When we were a kid, like, billiards were everywhere, and now it's, and it was always in smoke-filled rooms, but now smoke-filled rooms with old dudes, it's become far less than it ever used to be. Um, so it's kind of like that in terms of its place in the culture. They have a game called Tejo, T E J O. Dude, when I tell you that you and I need to play Tejo somehow, is it like
1: is it like a bumper pool, Luke?
0: No, it's the greatest game maybe ever. The game is this. It's a it's like a flat steel. Almost, it looks like a rock almost. It's oh, flat I'm looking, looking at it side. right
1: now. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at
0: it. That 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 itself is called the Tejo. But this is why it's so impressive. You basically lob it like a uh, cornhole, like but it goes into a stack of mud. And in the mud, there's a ring in the center, and around the ring are packets of gunpowder. And so when the steel strikes the gunpowder, it explodes, and that's you, you want to hit all of them, and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But the, but the catch to this is nobody plays Tejo sober. When you show up with your friends, they ask you for two things. One, how many crates of beer do you want? And I'm not doing a bit. They bring you, remember those old plastic milk crates from like elementary school? And each one has a fucking beer in it. That's number one. And then they bring you this giant plate of salted meats, cheeses, and starches called fritanga. Yeah. So, understand, you're playing with steel, you're chucking it at gunpowder, while you're drinking beer and eating fritanga over and over and over again. We went to some place called, like, Costa Rica when I was in Bogota the first time I played it. And the dude who was the national champion of Tejo owned the place. He had ne- He told me he had never seen an American show up to play Tejo, so he put on a show for me. He had, like, the local village idiot stand at the other end near, like, the, the, the box of mud and, like, get on his knees. And he, like hit the Tejo just past his head and into the gunpowder, and he was doing all these tricks from far away and shit. It was maybe the best time I have ever had. There's a brief Tejo-like reference scene in, in Kanto that you'll miss if you don't know about it. You'll see him throwing and hitting the gunpowder. Dude, Tejo will be the best thing you ever so do. What a is game. Is this like,
1: like a, a third-world mixture of skee-ball and, and horseshoes, Luke? What is this?
0: Yes, yes, yes. But again, I want to be clear. You don't show up and then not drink beer. You don't show up and then not eat all the, all the meats. Like part of it is this feast that goes along with it. Like One is important for the other. It's not, it's not mutually exclusive. It's not like America where you could go and like do cosmic bowling and just have a Diet Coke and be on your way. No, 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 no. Tejo is about drinking and eating and then chucking this thing. So um, it's, 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 it's an un, unimpeachably good time.
1: Uh, I'm willing to give it a try, Luke. I'm willing to watch this movie. Is this a Disney Plus thing?
0: Yeah, but I think you can order on like YouTube or.
1: Oh, I gotta pay for this.
0: Well, if you have Disney Plus, it's free.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I you have, have Disney Plus? Plus. Yeah, I got all. I got all yeah, this. Yeah, the
0: streamers. Yeah, yeah, then you're good. It's free. It's free. Yeah. So we'll talk about Encanto on Friday. All right. All right,
1: Luke. I played uh, basketball last night for the first time in a month, and then uh, <laughs> had no subs. Went into overtime in two of the games, and then came home and threw up all night. I mean, it's just a. <laughs> I mean, being 43 is like the worst thing. Ever, Luke. When, yeah, when you
0: it's, have, things just don't work the way they're supposed to anymore. And, and it's, it's, it's like, it's I can't
1: complain. The, some of the guys, I play with, it's a wide age group of, like, 35 to, like, late 60s. And these guys in, like, there's guys that are, like, 61, 58. Dude, they have, like, four times the stamina that I have. Like, it's not, I'm not even, like, not even kidding, Luke. And you know me, Luke. I'm a piece of shit, but I'm not that far out of shape, right?
0: No, you're not. No. But I guess you, well, maybe you must be because... That shit kicked your ass, didn't it?
1: It did kick my ass. I was ineffective. I was basically just setting picks and throwing passes. It was It was just, yeah, yeah. All right,
0: All right well, let's get out of here for today. Uh, thanks to everyone who watched. Remember, morningcombat at gmail.com. Send us your video questions, morningcombat at gmail.com, and we'll answer a bunch of those. We'll play some games on Friday. We'll have a good time. Friday will be a good time. So uh, j- join us then, 11 a.m. in the East. So for Malka, Showtime, CBS Sports, and the great Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time. May all of your gains be loyal.